Welcome to the Money Advantage Podcast, empowering business owners with the permission to think differently about money so that you can consciously choose to live a meaningful and fulfilled life now. Our passion is making money simple, fun, and doable, helping you feel great about your money and getting your money working for you so you can thrive. Good morning and welcome back to the Money Advantage Podcast. I'm Rachel Marshall with my co-host Bruce Weiner and also Riley Smith from our advisor team. And today we're really tackling this big perspective on velocity banking where we are going to help you see what the math is behind velocity banking and why it is not the fastest, safest, or best way to pay off your mortgage. Now that might sound very challenging, especially being with this idea that velocity banking is this this idea that I can pay off my debt and specifically my mortgage really fast, usually within five to seven years. And the marketing and the language around it sounds so good that I can pay with the same amount of money that I'm paying on my mortgage right now. And my money goes to a better use with a better product and my interest gets cut down and I can pay off the house really quickly. We're going to really cut through a lot of what that language and numbers are and means so that you can have clarity and see for yourself why velocity banking actually puts you in a dangerous position and how there's a much better way to pay off your mortgage fast, quick, and safely. So good morning, Bruce and Riley. I almost combined your names into one, Briley. I've been called worse. Rachel, I, I think what we have to do in this, and I'm going to let Riley talk more about the specifics today, um, because I, we're both Todd Langford disciples, but I'm going to let him focus on kind of the, the, the numbers of it today, and you, and then I'll chime in. But the one thing I want people to realize is, and Rachel, you said this earlier, numbers can, you can say anything with numbers. And, you know, we're probably, we, people probably accuse us of that at times too. And I have no problem with that. Um, but what we're trying to show you in this video is if you want to pay off your house, that's absolutely fine emotionally, but you need to know what you're giving up. And I think this, we're right in the middle of this pandemic and try to figure it out. And we've had more Americans lose their jobs forever mm -hmm. and ever. And they're trying to figure out how to pay their mortgage. And if they have been accelerating the payment of their mortgage, then that, that money is actually locked up in the walls of their house. And so they can't get to it at a time of need. So this is, the numbers aside, this is, this is the real thing that is happening. Um, we, we could also talk about a lot of topics like the, um, uh, qualified money, 401ks and IRAs, that the government is now trying to make adjustments to that. But it shows you that there's a need for adjustment. So what you really need, and the reason there's need for adjustment is because you've lost control of your money. And these, and these adjustments will only be temporary, and these adjustments will always come with a cost. Like I've had a conversation with somebody who said, well, my mortgage company says I can go into forbearance. And if, for our listeners, forbearance simply means that you're going to delay your payments until the back end of it, of the um, mortgage, but your interest still accrues and your mortgage payments are still there. In some cases, they will then give you a shorter window to get caught up with the mortgage payments. 
you pay about 30% more for a 15-year loan than you do for a 30-year loan every month. A 10-year, obviously, is even more than that. So as you've been building equity, or either by shortening the length of the payment or by velocity banking, which from, from what I can see is simply making extra payments to the house uh, through a, a very complicated series of computer illustrations, um, you're losing control. Now, emotionally, the reason people want to do this is they look at the interest that they're paying and they think that I can make more money doing something else with that money. So as soon as I get that paid off, I will do something else with that money. And then finally, they think it's security. But it actually is less secure along the way of trying to get that paid off. So that's kind of a pre-frame of our conversation today. And then we'll get into more of uh, the actual numbers here in just a second. Bruce, that's really good that you brought in that pre-frame. And I think the number one thing that we want everyone to remember and always have at the forefront of your mind, if you're listening to the Money Advantage podcast, we are all about two things. If you really boiled everything that we ever talk about down to two things, it would be this. How much cash flow do you have? And how much control do you have? And I could even switch the order because control is probably the thing that we talk about as being the ultimate, number one, most important thing. And then you want to have as much cash flow as possible. And cash flow goes into control. If you have more cash flow, you have more control. But if you're in a position where you lose control, you are not going to be able to make traction towards your financial goals. You will not build financial freedom when you don't have control. So we're all about helping you gain as much control as possible. And Bruce, I love that you said for a 15-year mortgage, you usually pay 30% more. What you're talking about is the payment on that mortgage. When you have a shorter time frame of the 15-year versus a 30-year loan, you might think, hey, I'm saving an interest rate and I'm saving interest and I'm paying off my house faster. But all along the way, each month you have 30% more payment. That means that that's a required payment and that takes away your control when you have higher payments because those are payments you have to make no matter what. So what we want to do today is be able to walk you through a report that Todd Langford and I don't have her, his co-author's name in front of me right now. Elizabeth. Yes. I can tell you her first name. <laughs> Elizabeth. Hagenlocker um, from Truth Concepts put together. And this was specifically a report that addressed the idea of velocity banking, which we talked about in a previous episode, and broke down mathematically what the logic was behind the velocity banking illustrations. And we will be providing this report to you in the show notes. So you'll be able to go ahead and get that from either our last velocity banking episode or this one. And we'll make sure that we post the link for that. But we're going to share some of what he found today in that report because it is very interesting how you can look at math and numbers. Riley, what were you sharing right as we came into this episode today? Yeah, so I, I, I might have mentioned this in our previous episode, but this is from, from Todd Langford. I've, I've heard this from other, other wise people as well, but the lie is easier to tell than the truth is to explain. Now, I'm not, I'm not calling anybody a liar, but I, I think at the end of the day, let's just test this. Let's measure it. 
and because we most certainly have our biases. We all do. Anybody that says that they don't, I think that they need to probably take a look in the mirror and reassess that statement. But we all have biases. And at the end of the day, let's just test and measure and verify what's best for your situation. We're not going to sit here and say that a, a HELOC or a velocity baking is the worst thing that's ever been invented. There is no bad product. It's simply how you use it. The strategy is what is important. So I hope that people can, can obviously gain a lot of information from this education and, and then look the numbers for themselves. But we've, we've done that for you. So Rachel and Bruce and, and Lucas have all done a fantastic job of compiling a lot of great information. So I think that's what we're going to get here today. Yes, we are. And just Bruce, for our time frame, do you have 30 minutes left, do you think? Oh, no, I probably have 40, 45. Okay. I'm just wanting to watch the time here. Okay. So first, what I want to do is just lay the context of this comparison, because I think it can be really hard to sometimes sink your teeth into what something means when we just talk hypothetically or conceptually. And when you start seeing the numbers and the time frame and interest rates and what that actually means numerically, sometimes that can really be able to bring a point home. And that's what I want to be able to do today. So in this report that Todd Langford put out that we're going to be addressing and discussing today, he shared that he had downloaded a report that Velocity Banking or this accelerated mortgage payoff strategy using a HELOC had proclaimed as this way that you could pay off a loan with Five to in five to seven years and save all of this interest. And so what I want to be able to do is share with you at the, the forefront here, and I will actually share the document as we're going here. And so you'll see where we're walking through this as we speak. So in this document, he said, we have a 30-year mortgage and this estimated value of the home is 300000 we also have a position where there is 25 years remaining on a 30-year loan. There's an initial loan balance of 228305 and I'll put these numbers up on the screen in a minute as well. The mortgage currently, so it's a 30-year mortgage, they've been paying for five years already, 25 years left, it's at a 4.48% interest rate. Hey, Rachel, let's bring that point up here too. If people that are exploring, exploring velocity banking, uh, I have noticed that the people that are espousing it are actually using a lot higher interest rate to get their point across. Um, even ones that have, have done uh, as early as uh, three months ago have showed 6% uh, interest rates. Um, and I and think Bruce, when did you say they were that high again? They're, the last time they were that high, it was in 2008. So I Which isn't a to, current mortgage. No. I, a matter of fact, I had my nephew with my mortgage resort, resource um, lock in at 2.99, a 30-year at 2.99 last week. Now, they're not going to stay that low, but over the last 10 years, they probably have averaged somewhere in a 4.5% range, maybe even 4.25. So Todd has actually used that, and you can look at, all you have to do is Google historical uh, mortgage rates, and it's very easy to, to look this up. Don't take, a, take our word for it. But my point is, is that this is an emotional thing, and it seems like the velocity banking community wants to use higher rates to show you that how much more you're paying in interest. But you're, um, I think you ought to use uh, the current rates that you, you could get on your home. 
Yeah. If you don't have, if you have a 6%, you ought to refinance. Yes. And what's interesting, Bruce, you mentioned that 2.29. or 2.99. Uh-huh. We actually just refinanced our mortgage as well. And the reason was to save cash flow. And it was tremendous. We were able to lower our rate and it was able to lower the monthly payment, which means we have more cash in our control, which means we are in a better position of control. And our rate was about 3% as well. So mm-hmm. that again is not going to stay that way, but it is definitely a better rate than 4.48 or much better than an 8% or, or 6% rate 6%, that you had mentioned. Right. Yeah. So here is the comparison. Now, Todd Langford took a velocity banking resource. And what he did is he went ahead and compared it to, well, he just analyzed it. So first he said, this current loan is, where is the balance of the loan? 228,305. Now the current rate on this mortgage, I don't know if you can see this. I think it's spread over a couple different pages. So the rate on the loan is 4.48% here. The monthly payment, this again is on the 30-year mortgage, is $1,266.71. The mortgage can be paid off in 25 years. And the net cumulative cost of this loan is $380,013. What that means is that means if I pay the principal plus the interest over the rest of those 25 years, I'm going to have a total of 380,013 that is going to go out of my pocket. And sometimes what can happen is, again, we look at this and we say, I don't want to pay 380,000 for my $228,000 mortgage. Well, what if I could save that interest? And I don't want to be paying this loan for 25 more years. So is there a better way to do that? And so the HELOC strategy then in the report that he analyzed promises that they can save $217,000 in total mortgage payments and have the client debt-free in 10 years and eight months. And so again, if you get this report, you're going to be able to dig in deeper to what this math means. I was actually able to use a calculator that replicated all of these numbers as well to verify and validate what um, Todd Langford showed in his report. So we can bring some of that out today. But what is just really interesting um, is that I think the the reason why people are wanting to use velocity banking is a justifiable reason. I want to save interest. I think I'm going to be in more control if I save this money. And hey, if I can pay off the loan faster, awesome. Uh, Riley, is there anything, Riley or Bruce, anything you want to share here on this page? Well, I think it's, again, I, I feel like I maybe am repeating myself a little bit, but you know, how long is the, the, the chapter book that you're reading? And if you're only reading the first few chapters of the book, then you're probably not getting you know, a, a really accurate picture of what's going on. Um, you know, I wouldn't watch the first 10 minutes of a movie and say, it's great. <laughs> I want to watch the whole thing. So let's explore this. Then let's find out. Let's dig in to see what actually happens. Column A, column B. And again, you make your decision from that point. But um, this was interesting that he, that he went through this because it is a lot of moving parts and it is difficult and challenging, which I think is also why uh, so many people are, are attracted to it. I know when I don't understand something, I, I tend to just dive in e- even deeper, but I also know not, not everybody wants to do that. So thankfully we have people like Todd and yourself, Rachel and Bruce that can do this. <laughs> well, and I think that's just really, really interesting when the numbers don't make sense. It doesn't mean it's time. I mean, Riley, you said this really well. It is not time to gloss over and be like, Oh, well that person who shared those numbers, they know what they're talking about. I don't have to understand. 
And I think, unfortunately, way too many financial concepts are explained by jumping maybe from point from point A to point E, and they leave out all the steps in between. And unless you can reproduce that for yourself, you don't know if they're drawing the right conclusion. Now, if you are listening to this podcast after the fact, we do have a video version of this available where we show you on the screen a few things that we're talking about, but we're trying to make sure that you catch everything in the audio version only as well. So what Todd Langford did then is you saw multiple pages of an amortization schedule of that 30-year mortgage, and he showed line by line what the beginning uh, balance of the loan was, what the interest accrued, what the payment was, the ending balance in that particular month, and if you think... 25 years paying off a mortgage with 12 months per year, there was 300 months in that. So that's why there were so many pages of this amortization schedule. Now, what this resource that Todd had looked at and analyzed really did is it said, well, if instead of using the 30-year mortgage, you swap out and use a HELOC instead, then using the HELOC, you'll be able to pay off your house much more quickly. And you're going to save this huge amount of money, this $217,000 that you're going to save, which is more than the interest, which is crazy. And then it also says in 10 years and eight months, so you're not going to have to pay on this 25 more years. So what is interesting is now we're digging into another piece of this is that the velocity banking strategy really needs to know and is predicated on, but they won't tell you this, that you need to know how much your profit and loss or your cash flow amount or your, um, you can call it your cash flow, your profit, your surplus. You can use any of those words, your buffer. This is money that is the gap between what you make and what you spend each month. And that is really important, but glossed over in the report that Todd analyzed. So here the profit and loss of this particular person is this 1233.29 per month. That's really important. Now, what's also really important is that the HELOC talks about starting at an interest rate of 5.25%. Now, what is interesting about HELOC rates is that they will be higher than a 30-year mortgage rate. They're also going to be higher than a 15-year mortgage rate. So the HELOC rate is based on prime, which is based on the federal funds rate. I can't tell you I understand all of those things, but what I do know is that it can change and that the rate can change every six weeks. And that I also know that right now prime as of May 1st is 3.25%, which is extremely historically low. It's been as high as 21.5% back in... um, 81 probably. That sounds right. It was in the 80s. Yeah. So if we... Can we we talk about real quick, why is the interest rate higher with the HELOC? Why is that? Why would the bank charge higher interest for something that supposedly is a better benefit for the client. Why would that be? I don't know, Riley, let's go ahead and dig into that. So, I mean, I know from the bank's perspective, they're normally going to incentivize you to do something with something that's in your favor. So normally they're going to say, well, if we really want somebody to do something, we're going to make it lower interest that they pay to get somebody to do this thing or this strategy. I do know that the bank is profiting on all of the interest and everything that we pay in interest is going to be profit to them. Um, Riley, it's a great question. And I was about to ask the same question that you just did because, and I've brought this up on previous shows, you know, when we look at, because I'm passionate about this 15 and 30 year 
Um, mm-hmm. And I've, I've said this on the show before. I mean, it's, it's good. It's all right to repeat ourselves, Riley, because I'm an ex-educator and that's how you actually review is actually how you ingrain things. So a 15-year mortgage right now, you can probably get in the low 2% because we already talked about how people are getting a 30-year mortgage at 3%. And I say to people all the time, why is the bank incenting you by lowering the interest rate where they make money off the interest rates? Why are they incenting you? Well, it's because it's in their best interest to get more cash flow because they get more cash flow now. Because your payment is higher, thirty percent higher, as you just said earlier. Yeah, about thirty percent higher. So you get they get more cash flow. So that says to you that should say to you is cash flow is king. That is a good thing. But the other thing they know that people don't realize is I shouldn't say the other thing. Another thing they know is the higher the payment, the more that goes into paying down the note, and you increase the equity. Well, if you increase the equity. They they feel more comfortable then um, to give you a a lower a lower um, interest rate because their risk is now lower because if you yep. if they foreclose on you you have a lot more equity and they can sell the home and be made whole again. Well, right. that's where we're going with the HELOC. Then Riley, what they know is is that more people when there's a higher interest rate. And HELOCs are giving out more over the um, 80% to loan value. So they know they're at greater risk at somebody, if they have to foreclose on somebody, mm-hmm. to actually not be able to sell the house and be made whole. And so yeah. because of that, they have to raise the interest rate so they're making money on other people to pay off the times where they foreclose and lose so they are actually shifting the risk onto you. And so it sounds like, Bruce, what you're saying is that the client maybe isn't in as much control as what they think. <laughs> That's no, what it sounds not, like. No, it's absolutely not. As you can see, yeah. the variable annual interest rate can go up at any time. Yeah, I just well, I, actually, I shouldn't say at any time. I think it, they review it every six or 12 months, and it can only go up, ratchet up by a a certain amount of interest rate per year right? Um, based on an index. I didn't mean to derail you, Rachel, but I think no, that's a really is- important point um, that they're, they play with interest rates all the time, obviously. And there's a reason that they do that, just like Bruce is saying, is saying that they want to incentivize us as the client to act a certain way. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a really, really important point. So that's great. What's Continue. interesting about that, and I'm actually going to take another little detour for a second because this is something that I think we brought up before, but I'm not sure how clear it was. There are two different timeframes on your HELOC as well. And this is whether it's a second position or a first position HELOC, you will usually have a draw period for the first five, 10 or 15 years. Usually it's 10, but then the remainder is a repayment period. Now in the draw period, you pay interest only. So it can look really attractive, especially compared to your mortgage, because now the required payment is going to be way lower, even though the interest rate is higher. I might go from, I think in this case, they went down to a $900 sum per month um, interest payment in the beginning. Well, what happens is, yes, you can make the interest only payment, but if you're making the interest only payment, you would not be building any equity. You're making interest only, you wouldn't be reducing the balance of the HELOC and you wouldn't be building equity in the house. However, 
and Todd Langford shows this. However, he shows very quickly you're building this equity and you are reducing the balance of the HELOC. So how is that if you're making these interest-only payments, which is really an interesting point. But then once you get out of that draw period into the repayment period, now principal and interest are both due. Your payment is much higher now at that point because you have principal payments that are required. You're going to have a fixed principal payment so that that is so you fully repay the balance of the HELOC during the remainder of the HELOC itself. So again, so what you're saying, what you're saying is, is that if you don't get it paid off during that 10 year period, it's going to convert to a note. Yes. And, and for what, and people that are listening, think of a note as like your, your car payment where you have a specific amount of time to pay this off. Well now, because um, the interest rates are higher, and you have to pay principal yes. and interest, your, your actual payment is going to shoot up. Yes. So if you, do not, if you do not stick to this plan um, that you think you're trying to build more control, if you do not stick to the plan, you're actually going to be in less control because your payment's going to go up after that when it converts to a note. And yes. once again, if you think you can stick to this plan for 10 years without anything interrupting in 10 years, which means no more pandemics, no more downturns in the economy. Which we you know, obviously control, right? <laughs> no more health issues with you, you, you personally that you cannot work or so on and so forth. Then God bless you. Go ahead and do it. But you have to understand all the risks that you're taking on. You know, I need to say one other point about that. Now, if you say you had a 15-year HELOC and you had a 10-year draw period and all that 10 years you're paying interest only, you come to the repayment window that's only five years, you're going to have a tremendously higher payment because of that really compact, constricted, it's almost going to feel like a balloon payment. You are going to have to repay that entire balance in those five years unless you refinance, which you may or may not well, qualify for at the I time. Know, yeah, that's a great point. Um, yeah, you said that, Rachel, unless you refinance, because you hear people, you hear the Vossi banking people say this all the time. Well, you can just refinance. Oh, you got to, because you can also do this with a 0% credit card. And when at the end of the 0%, you can just get another 0% credit card. Well, I'm telling you, I'm dealing with this with a couple of clients right now who said, well, I, I can't make my payment. I'm just going to refinance, but they've lost their job. And I have to tell them, I'm sorry, they're not going to let you refinance because you have no income mm -hmm. and they're just devastated. And I, this happened to a, a big client of mine in 2008 too that paid his house off. And I've said this on the show before. Um, and he was let go and he had to pay for university of Missouri's tuition and he had to pay for a wedding. And now he had no money available to do those two things. Cause he was paying for it all in cash flow. Now, luckily he did have his house paid off, but he lost control that he could not cause he went to the bank and said, I'd like to refinance and pull some money out to pay for these two issues. And they told him, I'm sorry, you have no cash flow. Mm -hmm. So no, these are good points, Rachel. This is, this is why we do not recommend velocity banking for the purpose of paying off your house fast. So uh, we do want to get to the part where we show you why it's not the fastest way either. So let's just gloss over this real quickly here. So this interest rate 5.25, again, based on prime, you're going to pay usually about 1% to 2% more than prime. 
and that's for a variable HELOC rate, you're going to pay another 1% if you want to fix that HELOC rate. So let's just say right now, you could get probably between 45 to 5.5% on a HELOC. If you wanted to have a fixed HELOC, you're going to pay somewhere probably between a 6 and a 6.5% interest on that fixed rate HELOC. And that's at today's prime rate, which again is historically low. Now, what's interesting about that, and Todd points this out in his work as well, is that for a strategy that recommends saving interest, but they tell you that interest rates don't matter, these interest rates are kind of scarily out of your control. So especially if you're in a position where you're already paying a much higher interest rate than you were paying with your mortgage, but it has the ability to increase. And if it does increase, even in their literature, they'll show you it increasing 0.5% each year, which over a 10-year draw period and a 10-year repayment period of this whole mortgage or this whole house, you're thinking, well, that could be half a percentage point a year. That means five percentage points over the span of 10 years, which means you could get up to this here 10.25% by the time you've paid off this mortgage. Just something to be aware of that that interest rate, again, is not in your control. So that's kind of the majority of what we want to talk about here with the velocity banking. So you're seeing not only a variable interest rate, it's also much higher than your mortgage. And now we want to show you what the challenges are if you just pay off the interest only. So I'm going to clear this drawing. And once again, for while Rachel does this, um, all these, uh, these papers that we're showing you right now, will be in the show notes. There'll be links in the show notes that you can review these. Thank you again, Bruce, for that. So this now is where we're showing the supposed benefit and savings of using the HELOC strategy. Honestly, this this page was extremely confusing. And I think Todd Langford even showed how confusing it was and dug more so into the math. So I'm going to skip over this for the most part. So in the Velocity Banking resource, it showed that you could make this interest-only payment. And that was with this $998.83 per month that was the interest-only column. And you were thinking, well, hey, if I'm going to pay this much, I've already... um, I'm saving compared to the 126671 that I yeah. was making on my mortgage. So that sounds nice, right? And if I can make a smaller payment and I can actually um, be able to pay off my house faster, well, the HELOC must, or yeah, the HELOC itself must be magic. And they say, well, it's not magic, it's just math. But really, we have a lot more um, magic that they're kind of jumping again from step A to step E without telling you the pieces in between that those pieces, like Riley, you mentioned, the middle of the story is really important. So what Todd discovered in this report that is very apparent when you start looking at the numbers is that in order for the HELOC strategy to pay off your house quicker than the mortgage, you have to put all of your surplus into this strategy. So Riley, this is completely to your point. It's not about the product. It's about the strategy itself. And that's, that's a really, really important part to include. I mean, it's, I don't want to say it's misleading, but I, I think even after I've read this a few times now, it's, uh, it's still challenging to, to come up with, are they using the same equitable comparison? You have to have 
I mean, Bruce, your history as a teacher, especially in biology, you've got to have an equitable scientific comparison. Right. And when we don't, when, when we don't have that, um, we can't say that one thing is better than the other. You know, we have to really put this in a, almost a, a vacuum and let's find out what happens. And unfortunately, that's not what happens here. So I think that's where we're heading. And I think people will be able to both see and hear that. Yes. So we'll jump through this very quickly. But what they, what Todd Langford was able to discover is that in order to make the payoff happen in 10 years and eight months with the HELOC strategy, what was required is a total payment of $2,500 per month, which was exactly the amount of the mortgage, the original mortgage payment, the 1266.71 plus the surplus or profit or cash flow, whatever you want to call that, which they were not spending before in their previous life. They were just saving that money. Now, instead, that amount, which is 1233.29, you add those two numbers together, original mortgage payment plus surplus, together makes $2,500. So what's happening is with the HELOC strategy, even though there's an a interest-only payment due, you're actually making $2,500 per month payments to the HELOC strategy. So we have to step back just for a minute and ask a question. I think sometimes questions are even more important than answers. How can you say the HELOC strategy is better when we're putting $2,500 a month into it versus a mortgage that we're putting $1,266.71? That's the bottom line question. There's more input going into the HELOC strategy. You're exactly right. And so then, okay, to have an equitable comparison, let's have the same input going into the strategy of of having just a standard 30-year mortgage. And let's see over the same time frame, you know, who wins and what's best for your situation. Yes. And so while we do that, I'm actually going to jump over to a chart that I put together with these numbers so that we can look at the whole picture. If you are listening to this audio version only later, it might be a little confusing, but we are also sharing our screen during the video version so that we can help make a lot more sense with this particular episode. So I want to be able to draw on this screen again. All right, so here's what we have. If we are looking at the original 30-year mortgage with the 25-year balance remaining, I just wanted to be able to compare various strategies of saying, okay, well, what if we did in fact use the full surplus and, and put that somewhere? What would happen with our payoff strategy? So we're kind of sharing everything with you all at once here, which is um, just fine. You can be able to see this and bring your own conclusions if you like. So this is sharing if you did have the balance, the 228305 This is in every single case, no matter which payoff strategy, it's always the same balance for paying off of the house. Now with the 30-year mortgage, here's your fixed 4.48%, which is not going to increase and it's much lower than the HELOC. I will point that out. Here's your actual monthly payment made. You're making no extra payment, and that will take you 300 months. You're paying 151,615 of interest, and you're making a total payment to pay off this house of 379,920. So we'll point out as well your whole, your balance of your savings, your cash the whole time was going into 
savings, wherever that was. It, they didn't specify, but this, this surplus was going somewhere. Now with the HELOC strategy, they start at a variable 2 or 5.25% interest here. The actual monthly payment made is not comparable to the 30-year mortgage. It is actually 2,500 total. And yes, you're making this extra payment of this 1233.29. What happens then is you're able to pay off the house with the HELOC in 10 years and eight months, which sounds amazing because now you've you have this total payment of much less. If you look here, our total payments are about $70,000 less. You're paying way less interest. 151, you're saving about, I don't know, $60,000 of interest if I'm calculating correctly there. Mm -hmm. That sounds great. However, if we want apples to apples comparison, it would be more accurate to say, what happens if we make the extra payment to the mortgage, that, that surplus, the 1233.29? And so without that's doing actually, a, without doing a HELOC is what you're saying, right? Rachel? Yes. 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 So, and Todd HELOC walked through this strategy in his, in his report as well. And, and again, we'll have that available for you. And here's what he found that I was also able to replicate with math. So if you look at the 30 year mortgage and it, again, it wasn't 30 years remaining, it's 25 because we're five years into this. If you take your same balance, keep the low fixed interest rate. So you're not having to deal with the variable interest rate. You're not having to deal with a higher interest rate. And now just instead of paying the minimum rate of $1,266, you are paying the $2,500 a month to your mortgage. What's happening? Yes, you're now making an extra payment. So this column is different. What's going to happen is you actually will pay off your house in nine years and four months. Well, that's interesting because that's only 112 months. That's faster than the HELOC. So what we notice then is the whole strategy is predicated on this extra cash flow and what you're doing with your extra cash flow, which, I mean, Bruce, you've been sharing this since the day I met you. Where is your cash in this strategy? If you're putting it, I mean, you're putting your cash into the equity in your house, you could say that's, that's, that's in the four walls of your house. Is this something I want to do? Maybe not. But if my only goal is to pay off my house as fast as possible and to save as much interest as possible, I don't need to get a variable HELOC rate. I don't need to do the paperwork to refinance my house into a different product. I just need to make extra payments. Yeah, that's you interesting. Know you know what's interesting, Rachel, is um, I don't, I'm not saying the struggle with your uh, motion, the emotion of your house payment isn't real. Okay, I understand that. I think what the reason people, our listeners might get tired of my repetitiveness over and over is because they don't have the experience, the life experience, just because I've been on this earth a lot longer, and they think it'll never happen to them. When people, when people I, I've said in on five, I did this a couple of years ago, so I'm, I'm making a little bit of an estimate. A couple of years ago, I had said in on 4,400 meetings with clients. I, I know now it's probably around 5,000. I tell my clients all the time, I don't have all the answers, but what I do have is 5,000 meetings with other people that have gone through things. And so you can then say to yourself, do I want to take a chance of going through that also? Um, because yes, the, the, the fact of the matter is, is that you you could you could pay off your house. You can never lose your job. You can never have a health scare. You can never have a situation where 
Um, you've lo- you you you've lost control of the money, and you'll you'll come out fine. But the fact of the matter is, is that most people in that time period, that ten year time period, something happens during that 10, 10 year time period. And so the very thing that you were trying to do, gain control, you actually lose control. And then and the emotion at that time actually hurts you in that short period of time, may and maybe for your life, more than the stress of making your house payment. And frankly, what I'm confused about in this whole strategy is there isn't really even any stress of making a house payment because they've already said you got excess to throw at the house. So, so why are you stressing about your house payment when you have excess money in that's equal to the amount of your house payment? Right. Now, here's what I'm going to, I'm going to tell people is I think what happens here is people don't trust themselves. Mm-hmm. They say, well, if I just have the money, I'm just going to spend it. And frankly, I agree with that. I've seen that happen with all my families. When you have surplus, it just tends to disappear in your, in your cash flow. It's called mm-hmm. Parkinson's law. It's yeah. Parkinson's law, yeah. yeah. Your, your expenses rise to your income. Yep. But mm-hmm. the fact of the matter is there's other strategies you can, you can actually do that can not, they can't eliminate, but they can mitigate the possibility of you doing that, whether it's having another uh, uh, savings account that you're automatically putting money in, whether it's having a brokerage account that you're money, or whether you have a whole life insurance contract like we espouse that you have automatically taken out of your out of your checking account every month and you and you don't see it. So there's a lot of other strategies that you are actually in more control, even if you don't trust yourself during that uh, month to have that money just disappear. It sounds like, Bruce, too, you, one of the things you're saying is what you tend to focus on is probably what you're going to get. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, a great, that's a great point, Riley. You know, and so, Rachel, just as a, for my own brain, too, and maybe the people listening, what you're saying is if you want to pay off your mortgage, if that is truly your goal and you've got all these different reasons behind it, a HELOC isn't going to do it the fastest if that is your goal. What you're saying is that keeping more control of your money during that whole time, saving the extra cash flow will actually allow you to pay off your mortgage even faster. Am I hearing that correctly? Yes. And so let's bridge just for our listeners because you might be, we have so much that we want to share with you that sometimes I think uh, we can cover a a wide swath and not be clear as, as clear as we would like. So there's really two things we're talking about here. One, we're saying if you indeed want to pay off your house as fast as possible, what is the fastest way to pay off your house? I will tell you that we have discovered through the math that it is not getting a HELOC versus a mortgage. That is not going to answer your, how do I pay off my house as fast as possible? The fastest way to pay off your house is to have as much extra payment going to your current or your 30-year mortgage as possible. That's going to pay off your house the quickest. Now, if that's, that's one thing, we're saying, how can you pay off your house as fast as possible? The second question is, do I want my cash to be sitting in the four walls of my house? There's one other column I wanted to bring up. 
Well, you're support. pulling that up, Rachel. One thing that's in, in alignment with what you're saying is, is taking a step back from this, whatever decision somebody makes, I think it's also proper to ask themselves, how does this affect the rest of my life? What other benefits am I getting from this decision? You know, how is it impacting in, in a positive or a negative way? And if our dollars are still only doing one job, the financial institutions are winning. We're not. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's a really important thing to, to focus on, whether it's a HELOC or anything else. How many jobs are my dollars doing? That is so, so good, Riley, because we want our money to multitask as much as possible. So again, that those two most important points. One, if I want to pay off my house as fast as possible, if we're just looking at the time frame here, the time frame to pay off my house with the HELOC strategy using the $2,500 a month was 10 years and eight months. If I just pay that extra payment to my existing 30-year mortgage, the $2,500 a month, which is my current mortgage payment plus my surplus, I will have my house paid off in nine years and four months. That is actually 16 months earlier than the HELOC strategy with the exact same cash. And all along the way, you not only still kept that low interest rate, you also kept a fixed interest rate, which is much safer, and you have a lower payment to fall back on. Just think if you came across hard times and you didn't want to put that full extra surplus into your house. Maybe you had a medical bill. Maybe you had an, uh, an emergency. Maybe you had an investment you wanted to make along the way. You have a lower required payment. Now, we did not talk about where was your extra cash going the whole time. So here, when you're just paying your 30-year mortgage with the minimum payment possible, you can do whatever you want with that extra surplus. And we just, I called that savings. It has, it's going somewhere. So either you're spending it, you're saving it, you're investing it, but you're doing what you want with that money. Now, if we use the HELOC strategy to pay off the house as fast as possible, where is my cash going? You could say I'm putting it in my other pocket, but you're really not. You're putting it, and Todd Langford says this in his report, you're putting it inside of the equity of your house that's in your other pocket. So you still have to go through the bank's requirement process to be able to access that cash. So your house, your cash is going into equity. If I, we're jumping over this 15-year mortgage problem, that's not really that important here in the grand scheme of things. Well, we can do that comparison another day. But when we then look at the 30-year mortgage that we just make the extra payments to, I'm still putting all my cash into the four walls of the house or into equity. What I would consider, again, I think the best questions are more important than the best answers. And the question would be, what if I could put my cash somewhere else that I control, that I can do whatever I want with it, that I can grow this cash, the surplus, the the $12.33.29 per month. What if I put that somewhere that I could use for anything I want and I can access it and it's safe, it's not going to drop in value, and it's liquid, meaning I can take it out and use it, and it's growing, what if I put that cash there and then when it was big enough to pay off the amortized amount, the remaining balance on my mortgage, then I use that cash to pay off my mortgage? Is that an option? Yes. We would say you are out of debt when you have cash to pay off a loan, whether or not you actually erase that loan. So what we wanted to do is say, what happens if we took that extra cash, that twelve thirty-three twenty-nine every single month, and we put that into a specially designed life insurance policy that we talk about. This is the specially designed policy that's a high cash value. It's dividend paying. It's with a mutual company. It is specially designed for numerous benefits in your life to do all of those extra jobs that Riley, you just mentioned. 
and give you a death benefit on top of that. But it's building this cash value. So we ran an illustration and now every illustration is going to be different based on age, uh, gender, and habits. Bruce, as we talk about on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. But a particular illustration that we ran was able then in the middle of the 10th year, so we calculated it was about 10 years and five months, we had sufficient balance in the cash value of the life insurance to be able to pay off the remaining balance in the mortgage. So am I saving interest by doing that? Not as much. I I mean, I can show you where the math comes from, but if you look at an amortization table and you add up the interest column for 125 months, this whole time frame where I am making this mortgage payment, 125 months here, you're still paying $91,889 in interest. You are total, your total cash that you're using for this strategy is $312,500. It's way less than your original mortgage strategy of $379,000. But what really is happening here is you are gaining control. And everything that we talk about is all back to this idea of control. Why are you gaining control? Because you have this cash that is not in the four walls of the house. It's not in equity. It's not in a place that you have to request permission from anybody to access that money. You can use it because of the contractual guarantees inside of the life insurance contract. And oh, by the way, if you decide any t- at any point along that trajectory between now and that 10-year, five-month mark, that you have a different use for that cash and you would rather use it somehow else rather than pay off your mortgage, you can decide to do that. So Bruce and Riley, is there anything else that you guys would like to share as we bring this to a close today? I know that we've really covered a lot of ground. Yeah, I think the value of most people is going to actually be uh, accessing these documents and going through them. And I think there's going to be people on the podcast that are going to say, well, you guys are only saying this because the velocity banking people will have a product to, to sell. And most of the time that product is a computer program to actually figure all this out. And the reason you guys are talking about a different way is because you have a product to sell. And that is, you know, high, ca- high cash value life insurance. And, and, that, and both of those things are true. The, the problem is, is that we are showing you, I believe, uh, all the aspects of doing this. Yes, if you want to pay off with HELOC, here's the ramifications. If you want to pay it by just paying an extra amount, here are the ramifications. If you want to pay it off by lowering it to a 15-year loan, here are the ramifications. If you want to pay it off by um, doing high-cash-valued life insurance, here are the ramifications. So we're trying to give you every single way that you can actually pay your house off and all the pros and cons of them. And then you can simply make your choice. Um, once again, we recognize it's, a, it's an emotional thing. But what I am finding is more and more people are realizing from the internet that there's a lot of noise out there mm-hmm. and they're sifting through the noise. And when they come upon our channel, the thing that I've noticed when people actually make a booking with us is they say, we made a booking with you guys because you are actually just trying to educate and give the pros and cons of everything. And that is our goal on all these podcasts. Obviously, like Riley said earlier, everybody has biases. You know, the velocity banking community has biases. We have biases. We try to fight through those biases as much as possible 
to give you the um, educational um, pros and cons of every single strategy. And hopefully people will dive into it to, to pick the strategy that's best for them. Yeah, I, I would, uh, my last thing that I would say is just continue to pursue the truth. I'll start off with what I actually said is the lie is easier to tell than the truth is to explain. And that's why this is complex to do. So um, keep pursuing the truth, uh, make the best decision for yourself after you have as much education as you feel you want and you need. And uh, I feel that we've done a good job today of, of explaining these two different ways to approach this topic. You know, I will share a tool that can help you in diving through these numbers yourself if you would like to know because it's really challenging, I've discovered, to look at amortization schedules and understand what's happening because there's a lot of differences between if you're calculating interest on a daily basis, a weekly basis, a monthly basis, at the beginning of the month, the end of the month, there's just so many moving parts to really calculating th this math for yourself. What I found was really helpful, if you go to um, fncalculator.com, there are numerous financial calculators that you can use to, it's for free, it's available on the internet that you can um, calculate amortization schedules you can look at with an existing mortgage, your remaining balance, your interest rate, and what happens if you make an extra payment. It will show you the timeline to, to pay off the, the, the mortgage and how much quicker it is than without the extra payment. So that can be helpful to you. I have yet to find a calculator that explains ex all the moving parts of the HELOC for free on the internet. Again, Bruce, you're, you're saying that that's usually a program that you pay for. So, mm -hmm. um, Totally makes sense, but we want to be in a position. I personally want as much control as possible and control to me is when I can access and use my money and I determine the rules. I don't have to have someone else's permission to be able to access my money. So that's why, why we want to share that with you today. Again, on the show notes, you'll be able to access Todd Langford's work and that is called our accelerated mortgage programs using a home equity line of credit effective. And you'll be able to dig into all of that math that we shared with you today as well. So thank you for being with us on this inspiring and delightful topic. I don't know if we can really call it that, but you know, it's, it's great to end on a, on a positive note. So um, if math is your thing, then hopefully it was inspiring and delightful to you. I hope that you will join us next time. And in closing, please remember success leaves clues. So model the successful few not the crowd, and build a life and business you love. Discover the secret of how to earn a return on the same money in two places at the same time so that you can strengthen your investment returns. We've created a free guide for you that explains the top three things every investor needs their privatized banking system to do. Go to themoneyadvantage.com slash banking, put in your name and primary email address, click the send my free guide button right now, and we'll see you on the inside. Thank you for listening to the Money Advantage podcast. Today's show notes and resources are available for you on themoneyadvantage.com. If you like this episode, make sure you subscribe and leave a review. If you have any questions or desire to speak with a qualified financial professional after listening to today's podcast, we encourage you to reach out to us at hello at themoneyadvantage.com or check us out at themoneyadvantage.com. The opinions and views expressed here are for informational purposes only. This material is educational in nature and should not be deemed as a solicitation of any specific product or service. All investments involve risk and a potential loss of principal. Kalos Capital Incorporated, 
nor Kalos Management Incorporated offer tax or legal advice. Please consult with a tax advisor or attorney for advice regarding the impact on your portfolio. Securities offered through Kalos Capital Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB, and investment advisory services offered through Kalos Management Incorporated, and registered investment advisor, both located at 11525 Parkwood Circle, Alpharetta, Georgia. E3 Consultants Group is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Kalos Capital Incorporated or Kalos Management Incorporated.